Welcome to the Stronger Than Your Boyfriend podcast. We are Heather and Katie, owners of Barpath Fitness, here to help you sift through the bullshit and toxic misinformation that permeates the fitness industry. Today, we have a Q&A podcast. All right. Trace questions. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, I switched it up. I just feel like people are tired of hearing me say, all right, we have three questions. Yes. As usual. And if you want to ask us questions, join our Facebook group, Stronger Than Your Boyfriend. <laughs> Slide into the DMs yes. on the social meds. Yes. You know the drill. Do. Let's do it. Okay. Question one. How do you know when you're overtraining, when strength training, and also playing a sport? This is a very good question. I feel like let's just go over like signs of overtraining Ooh, in yeah. general. Obviously, extra fatigue. Like you probably want to sleep longer. You're just kind of dragging ass. Your strength is going down in your strength training workouts. You're sore. You're all sore all the time. What else? I mean, I feel like that's a pretty good indicator. Oh, your joints are hurting. Mm -hmm. So if you have, well, if you have more joint pain than normal, or if you just have joint pain in general, when you you aren't necessarily used to it, Mm -hmm. that's probably a sign you're overtraining a little bit or pushing the lows a little too intensely. Mm -hmm. So those are general overtraining markers. There could be more intense signs, but that's going to get more into like rhabdo rhabdo and things like that. (laughs) So we won't go into that. If you know you're truly, truly overtraining, you're going to start peeing like basically blood (laughs) and you're going to have to go to the hospital. Feel great. (laughs) Yeah. Your muscles are breaking down so quickly that you need to be hospitalized, but hopefully you're not getting to that point. But just like a general like malaise, I feel like. Yep. Yep. Or Or just not being able to perform, I think is the biggest. Yeah. Another yeah. is like your mentality. Like, are you dreading your yeah. workouts? You yep. probably should deload or something like mm-hmm. that. Totally. But when it comes to strength training and playing a sport, this is tricky because you have to balance both. So a general rule of thumb for, you know, incorporating strength training and also playing your sport is knowing where you're at in your season. So are you, uh, are you, you know, in your off season or are you, you know, actually on, like, are you playing games? Are you more intense with the sport you're playing? If you're in your off season, that's when you want to try to make strength gains because you're not going to be playing your sport as intensely because you're always going to need to prioritize recovery at some point. So you can't be, you know, I feel like most people have the mindset of like, all right, it's, it's sports season mode. We're going to go hard in the gym. We're going to go hard at your, you know, whatever sport you're playing. That is not what you want to do. You basically should think, when you're in season, you're just maintaining your strength. So you're probably doing like one full body workout per week and that's it. And like, it's depending on the sport you're playing, you know, I would obviously need a little more context as far as what sport, but this is just a general rule. You know, the off season, that's where you're going to try to make your gains. Like you can probably strength train a little bit more often and maybe you're just practicing, you know, the practicing you're doing for your sport is either not happening or it's pretty low intensity. So again, depends on your sport. If it's an all year round sport, then it's just comes down to what are you prioritizing more? Are you prioritizing your sport more? Cool. Then you're probably just going to have to stick to one strength training session per week year round. Mm -hmm. If you would prefer to build muscle and get stronger, then you're going to have to pull back on your sport. There's just no way around it. You can't have everything. So that's kind of the general gist. I don't know. yeah. Yeah. Like, And also, it depends on how long you've been playing your sport, how long you've been strength training. Are you sleeping well? Are you hydrating enough? Are you eating enough protein? How is your diet? Like that all plays into how quickly you become overtrained, I guess. Mm -hmm. But also, even if everything is dialed in and you're doing too much, you're still going to become overtrained. So you have to manage it. Yeah. So I don't know. Anything you want to add? No, I thought that was great. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Question number two. This is a personal question or a business question, I guess. Yeah. How many clients do you guys have? A lot. 
A lot. A lot. Okay, well, let's break it down. So I, I feel like we can be pretty transparent. Heather I love transparency. Any, yeah. yeah. Heather doesn't do any of the coaching anymore. Nope. She does more of the back end marketing stuff because it takes up a lot of time. Yes. I'm more of the, you know, in hands on coach. That's just what I like to do. So for me, we also have assistant coaches. So yeah. I'll get into and how many they have. I feel like you oversee more of the assistant coaches. Yes. And then the coaching realm. And then I oversee all the operations, the VAs, all that. Yeah, stuff. exactly. Yeah. So online, I have about 40 clients. But here's the thing with online. You... They're, you're not trading time for money, essentially. So I can handle more people because yeah. I give people or I tell them, give me 24 hours to get your feedback on your workout. It's usually way faster than that for me. But I allow myself that leeway to where if like I have a really busy in-person training day and I can't get to everyone's workout. Like I l- allow myself that leeway, which is nice. And it also allows me to train more people. Right. Because there's no way I'd be able to have 40 in-person clients. That's a shit ton. Yeah. So in person, I have about... Oh, <laughs> 10 8 10 yeah 8 to 10 yeah so i'm looking at a probably around 50 ish clients mm-hmm. i would say like maybe a little less but around there you know i'm always gaining more clients too now i'm not trying to toot my own horn but you know you lose clients you gain clients so it's like sometimes you gain more than you lose sometimes you lose more than you gain so it's kind of ever changing like yeah. that and then our assistant coaches each have what three or four yeah they're around three or four right now so yeah and they so are taking more they are taking more we would like to get them <laughs> filled jason and Paige, they're fantastic they do both have interviews too if you haven't listened to those yes podcasts please episodes. go listen to them they're great they're they're actually really good coaches yep. so and you can find information about them on our website too if you yeah. want to see their qualifications yep our and brand if, new beautiful website mm-hmm. i do <laughs> i am taking spots as well online okay. um i have some i have about five spots left i feel like Sweet. I like to push myself to the max. Yeah. So <laughs> do the most. <laughs> so if you want to work with me, I would love to. Yes. So yes. cool. Yeah. Um, and then we do also have like, I don't know if this counts, but we have, I don't know how many, t- how many people are doing stronger. Oh yeah. We've, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We need to look at our sales and then bend don't break. Yeah. We have people doing bend don't break. Like, and then we also have body weight basics and body weight. Plus. Oh God. We have a couple of people doing that too. Yeah. I don't know. We can give you right. We gave you the, you Probably know, like 30 people doing. Yeah. All, all the outside stuff. Mm-hmm. So general gist. Yeah. yeah. And then we have our, well, by the time this comes out, our challenge is already running. Yeah. Yeah. We have quite a few people doing a challenge right now. So Ooh, yes. they, they aren't clients. They're not paying. We're actually paying them. We're, well, we're yeah, paying, we're paying one them person. to maybe win. We're paying one our challenge. $250 so if you missed out on signing up for the challenge, that's your loss. But we'll do it next yeah. year. Yeah. We like to do a few free things like the challenge. Yeah. Right? It's fun. Where we actually give money away. But it's more like holding people accountable and building community. Yeah. Especially around the holidays. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay, question number three. What are the advantages and disadvantages of different deadlift variations? I love this one. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we get into the main ones? I don't know about all, every single one of them. Yeah, but. I mean, we do have one blog. I think it's oh, ranking like yes, number do. one for... We should link that. If you Google... Oh my gosh. If you Google... We're number one. Something about like, can you sumo deadlift in a competition or is sumo deadlift cheating i think we're like <laughs> we're like on the first page for those Ooh, we're number one <laughs> pretty sure so uh, check it out okay so i feel like we should just talk about the basic like conventional stance for deadlift so we'll start there um you're working a lot of your posterior chain and i guess maybe should we like compare this like a conventional versus sumo sure like off the floor so conventional stance there's more hinging right so a little bit more lower back a little bit more you know hamstring i would say because sumo deadlift you're still working the glutes quite a bit in both of them but and it, it also depends is your sumo way upright or is it yeah. more hinged because there and, are variations of sumo even yeah i would just say the advantages in general of cycling 
in different variations. It's just novelty. So you want to do movements you haven't been doing. Granted, like, well, even for powerlifters in your off season, you probably want to do a different deadlift variation that oh, you're so many used to doing. Yeah. But, you know, in competition season, you want to stick to the one that you're competing with. But, you know, it, it just builds a well-rounded physique. It builds a well-rounded or it keeps your joints healthier because you're not just stuck in the same movement pattern. Even a slight tweak will you know, produce the same or or will produce a significant amount of novelty yeah. and you'll get a different stimulus to potentially like different muscles. So that, I mean, this, that's an advantage, but you know, with the, with the conventional stance, you're more bent over, you're hinged more. So that, you know, also you'll probably find that you prefer one over the other, just based off of your own biomechanics. Right. Yeah. For, I have a good example of this. Like I was talking to Christina, my, my, physical therapist the other day mm-hmm. about me doing deficit deadlifts and she she's an awesome physical therapist she was like she no was you're, like, you're too short well no she, she said i'll never tell someone to not do a movement yeah she was like i'm not saying don't do it but i'm saying your body may not love it because you have a little t-rex your, arm i do have little t-rex <laughs> which is why i like to bench yeah but yeah so like a, even a normal conventional deadlift i've never been super strong at it just yeah. feels so wrong to me that's why sumo feels so much better yeah um because i can get down and wedge better yeah but also like putting that at a deficit then really with me with a back injury is probably mm-hmm. not the best idea. Yeah. Like for me and for me, I'm the opposite. Like I have always felt stronger conventional stance mm-hmm. because I have long ass arms mm-hmm. and I could do deficit, deficit deadlifts and make my setup look like a regular deadlift off wow. the floor just because my arms are really yeah. long compared to everything yeah. else. So I got long monkey arms. I have like deficit deadlift and envy. Yeah. Like I watch, I do watch people at the gym standing on like three plates, deficit deadlifting. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm so jealous. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I can never do that. Yeah. So, but that's a good, you know, the, I guess the disadvantage, like let's just go with a deficit deadlift is mm-hmm. like Heather was saying, if you're working with a back injury and mm-hmm. you probably don't want an, an even bigger range of motion right. to work with. Yeah. You know, it's good to, have it make it your goal to work up to that Mm -hmm. but you know i I wouldn't i honestly don't think there's any disadvantages to any of the deadlift variations you know what i mean it just depends on where you're at like if you're going through an injury or like a back injury probably like sumo deadlifting is probably better right like it could be a disadvantage to hinge more like yeah so it just depends Mm -hmm. um i like romanian deadlifts are always a staple for us and our clients and just us in general Mm -hmm. just even if you know, if you're a sumo puller and you prefer that, adding in like a Romanian deadlift to get more of that hinge variation in, in there, that's great. Mm-hmm. So it's just really good hamstring and glute builder. Yeah. So pause deadlifts. Pause deadlifts. Pause deadlifts are great. are great because you're you're pausing at different areas of the mm-hmm. deadlift and to really keep on. your back tight. Yep. Rack pulls. Core. Uh, or uh, block poles. Yeah, to overload. To overload, and either. if you have an injury, they're very exactly good. yeah. Black poles, yep. And and or if you're a beginner, like yeah. I usually have people who have never deadlifted before with a barbell or just a general, do a rack pull, snatch grip deadlifts. For oh your, God, for your back. my coach loves to throw those. Those in. are terrible. Those I get so sore in my upper back. Yeah, and I'm like, where I don't feel these in my glutes, mm-hmm. but my upper back. But obviously, my glutes are working. Yeah, that's a good one. That's just really good for your grip strength like upper back stability like thoracic stability that's great even mobility there because you have to like kind of puff your chest up and out so you're really keeping your back so so rigid and tight yep and then all of the single and posted leg deadlifts uh yeah see like we could go on and on about the posted one is good if you are a single leg deadlifter who tends to externally rotate your hip Mm -hmm. when you do a single leg deadlift yeah you post that back foot and you can't yeah and if you struggle connecting to your glutes on deadlifts the posted deadlifts are key seriously i my glutes are always sore 
doing these. And, you know, I know for me, I don't necessarily have a problem connecting to my glutes, but a lot of my clients do. And I'll throw in the posted deadlift variation. I feel like people don't even know what I'm talking about. But essentially, you're not... We have a YouTube video. Yeah, but you're, you're placing your foot on a wall or a rack or something... And you're doing like a single leg hinge, single leg deadlift. Oh, and those are in your program right now, aren't they? Yes. I just saw you doing them on yes. Instagram. Like, Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> I post my workouts and I look like I'm dying and I curse my coach. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're, they're good. They're really like your ass will be on fire. Yes. How about, I mean, you struggle connecting to your glutes. Sometimes. Oh yeah. How about the, you like these? I like hate them. Like, like well, like, I mean, for your glute, can you feel them in your glutes? Yes and no. Oh. <laughs> I have right yes now, no. I have this PT exercise. It is so basic. I'm like on all fours on the floor and my back one, I take one leg and I extend it out and put my foot on the wall and I oh. just do internal rotation. Oh, and there one side I can move and the other side I can't move. Like I can barely get That's any good internal rotation. Yeah. So for me, like pose like deadlifts, I have to really think about, am I internally, externally rotate? Like what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So it is actually a very good exercise for me to do posted single leg deadlifts. Yeah. Yeah. They're hard. Yeah, but in general, any single leg deadlifting variation doesn't necessarily have to be you lifting your non-working leg off the floor. That's a great one to do, mm-hmm. but you can do the posted. You can do the staggered stance. That's in that's in our stronger program. Yes, it is. <gasps> cough, cough. It's not 50% right now. Um, <laughs> you like how I snuck that in there? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like that's pretty, pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, again, there are really no disadvantages to... Yeah deadlifts like yeah. do them all safely yeah. depending on what your goal is some yeah be more advantageous than others yeah. for certain things and if you don't necessarily have a goal cycle cycle different all deadlifts in yeah. yeah i mean don't change it too often like get really good at the skill of it and then yeah. switch to a different one so yeah, totally cool cool if you want someone to help you program with that we got you <laughs> we do got you our assistant coaches are taking clients and so is katie apparently. so am i <laughs> but i want to fill them too all right cool all right that's it. That's it. All right. Larry, do you have anything else? Nope. He doesn't. He's sleeping. He's lazy. All right. Well, if you like this podcast, rate and review it. And yes. give us the five stars. Well, if you think we deserve them, which we do. We do. So, <laughs> and leave us a nice little love note underneath that review. All right. Peace out. <laughs>